That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we'll read the whole chapter as is our custom. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not with should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this word, nor of the princes of this word that came to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I had not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. But God had revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yet the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not the Spirit of this word, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the, this, the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man, man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Amen. Brother Dan, could you pray for us, please? Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you for your words there. We just pray, Lord, please uh, bless Brother Ian uh, with the preaching today. Help us to uh, learn, uh, to us all in the Spirit. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, guys, so 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting from verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Okay, so Paul here, obviously under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he's continuing on from chapter 1, verse 17, really, where he's, he's kind of expanding on this. So from verse 17, chapter 1, he said, For Christ sent me not to baptise, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. So he expanded, didn't he? And he's reminding them again. Um, and, he, and he's saying here that, you know, you might not be the most articulate. You might not be, you might think, oh, I'm not, I don't really have the gift of the gab or whatever you want to call it. I'm not so good at speaking to people, etc. But that's not what it's about. It's not about excellency of speech or wisdom. It's about preaching the gospel. And, and when you're saved and, and you understand, like we talked about earlier this morning, when you understand that, like, at least those salvation verses, you should be able to preach the gospel. And, and what he's saying here is, yeah, look, you, you might not, it's not that you have to come with all these great speeches and, you know, it makes me think, because we were talking earlier about people like Ravi Zacharias, people like this who are, oh, they're so intelligent, they're so clever, they're wicked people anyway. But regardless, they, they, that excellency of speech or wisdom is not what it's about. It's about the gospel. It's about the word of God. Um, and I hear when he's talking about the testimony of God, that's the witness or evidence. But in particular, if you don't have Psalm 19, Turn over to Psalm 19. 
just to make that point. Psalm 19 and verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony, sorry, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise and simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoice the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. And testimony of you is used interchangeably with the word of God. It's a witness, the evidence of God through the word of God. Um, right, verse 2, back to 1 Corinthians, verse 2. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And that's a good reminder, isn't it, when we're soul winning, to keep it on topic, keep it on the gospel. Um, and because people love to take you off. We talked about this a bit this morning into other angles and just keep, keep it on to the gospel, get back to the gospel. Everything else, you know, having, discussing with unsaved people about end times or about, you know, our thoughts on certain sinful, you know, certain sins and everything else isn't really what we need to be talking about when we're out preaching the gospel it's preaching the gospel everything else can can take a back seat um and they do they they want to talk about all sorts don't they and often it does cause contention doesn't it i don't know if you've noticed this before you could be trying to give the gospel to someone and then they just want to and if you get led into that little discussion next thing you know you're in a debate and that's not what we want we want to preach the gospel don't we um okay no, verse three and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. So what's he talking about? If you turn over to Acts 18. Acts 18. This is when Paul's in Corinth. Okay, Acts 18. And from verse 6. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said unto them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From henceforth I will go unto the Gentiles. Okay, so here he's been in the synagogue here in Corinth. And he departed there and entered into a certain man's house named Justus, one that worshipped God, whose house joined heart the synagogue. And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house, and many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptised. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision, Be not afraid, but speak, and hold not thy peace. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in the city. And he continued there a year and six months, teach the word of God among them. And when Gallio was the deputy of Achaia, the Jews made insurrection with one accord against Paul and brought him to the judgment seat, saying, This fellow persuadeth men to worship God contrary to the law. So I think here he's probably talking about maybe <coughs> from verse 8 to 9, um, you know, when they've they believed and then afterwards, uh, God's having to speak to him and say to him, be not afraid. Um, maybe verse 12, he's being brought, isn't he, that they made insurrection against him. And obviously, you know, it's kind of gone over quickly in Acts there. And that must have been a pretty scary time when you're being pulled to the judgment seat. You've been taken by a group of Jews who, who are hating your guts. And there's some scary times that Paul had in Corinth there. Um, and and he's, he's, he's saying this to them. He's saying, when I was with you, I was in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. He's been quite humble here, isn't he? And, and he's showing that, yeah, look, we know that we shouldn't be scared, but at times it's hard, isn't it? And Paul, Paul isn't claiming to be perfect here. And he's saying, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Um, and this is all to God's glory, really, isn't it? Sometimes we could just be a bit too much kind of act as if we literally don't have any sin. And like I said before, it's not that we have to be constantly naming everything that we do that we think is sinful. But on the other hand, we don't have to try and pretend that we're these perfect people that we're not. Um, and he said in verse 4, verse 4 of back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, he says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit, 
and of power. And man's wisdom can be enticing, can't it? And, and probably we've all listened to some of these people and, and a lot of them, like with us, maybe since you've been saved, you're probably, I hope, not going to start listening to, you know, the world's so-called, you know, they're like quite people, I don't know, this guy recently that people used to tell me about, Jordan Peterson, I've seen the odd clip of the, these guys on YouTube and they sound so clever and they're a bit conservative and it kind of gives people a middle ground. Uh, that's not quite really what the word of God says. Obviously, he's unsaved, but it's not. It's kind of like a fight back from the ridiculous liberalism we're seeing now. Um, and it can be enticing, but maybe amongst Christians, it's, for example, like I said, these Zachariases or people that claim to be, be, be men of God. And there's a lot of these Calvinist type scholars and doctors of, 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 uh, of religion and stuff, which can pull you in and can make, you can easily just start to be a bit impressed by the way they, they talk in these long words and everything else. But Paul's preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. And especially when we're trying to give the gospel, we're not trying to persuade people with our own words, are we? We're preaching the word of God. Um, and, and it's a demonstration, like I said, demonstration of the Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit here. We're going to get onto the Holy Spirit in a minute, obviously, um, the second half of this, this chapter. Okay, the, the understanding of the Scriptures needs the Holy Spirit, doesn't it? Uh, we talked about that, obviously, earlier. The, and the power here, when he's talking about the power here, he's talking about the preaching of the cross as seen in chapter 1, verse 18, which we covered last week, um, where it says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is a power of God. Um, it is powerful when you get a chance to preach the gospel to someone it's powerful now verse 5 that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of God so so again here the power of God it's both the cross and Jesus I think here um, and he says this in chapter 1 verse 24 where he says um, but unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God Okay, so your faith should not stand the wisdom of men, but the power of God. Our faith is in Jesus Christ and the gospel. Okay, that's where it stands, that's where it rests. Not on the person that gave us the gospel, not on the person we heard it from, not from the greatest preacher we've heard who explains it well. Our faith is in the gospel and the word of God. Um, it shouldn't stand in someone else's wisdom because men will always fail, won't they? They'll always, eventually, you'll see fault in them. And when people are really hung up on a certain preacher or a certain person, when they start to see the holes in them, they start to see the sinfulness, which everyone has, a lot of the time that really shakes their faith. And that's where we shouldn't be. Our faith has to be in the Word of God and in Jesus Christ, particularly in the Gospel. Um, and it's very different to the world, isn't it? Where everything they believe comes back to a man, doesn't it? It comes back to a man's teaching. It might have gone through a few different men. Brother John, a couple of months back, was preaching on Calvinism, where it originally came from Gnosticism. And then it, it, from there, it went to, um, remind me the name of, in the second century. Oh, um... I'll put him on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... The Catholic guy at the start. Not Constantine. No, uh, uh, they call him the Great, don't they? But yeah, it went anyway. So it went to like Catholic teaching, and then it got reordered by John Calvin. And now we've got people now who sound really intelligent and clever, try, trying to basically then build upon that. But it's all just come from men. Ultimately, it's all come from men, hasn't it? And and that's not where we want to be. We're not. We're, we're everything that we want to preach and believe has to come from our final authority, the Word of God. Um, okay, verse six. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. Okay, so when it's talking about people here that are perfect, um, perfect here is meaning complete. 
So how do we become complete? How do we become complete in God? If you turn to Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11, Ephesians 4, 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in a unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So basically, preaching and teaching edifies us, resulting in unity and a knowledge of Christ, making us more complete. Um, and this wisdom that we're then able to speak isn't worldly wisdom, is it? When we have that knowledge, when we've been taught by the Bible, by men of God preaching the Bible, um, then it's not worldly wisdom. And when you see the Bible speaking of princes here, by the way, uh, princes here are leaders rather than, don't think like sons of kings, think principality, okay? Princes are leaders. Um, and yeah, the princes of this world claim that the world is billions of years old, don't they? Uh, our leaders claim this, whether or not they really believe that or not. Um, the princes of this world claim that we're overpopulated even though you could literally fit the whole of the population of this world with a square metre to each other in England. Um, but apparently we're overpopulated, say the princes of this world. And they claim that, that climate change is going to kill us, don't they? And, and that we should all be taking drastic action and everything else just happens to raise taxes as well and, and seems to make a lot of people a lot of money, but they claim that. They claim that injecting yourself with known toxins is somehow sensible. And just on that note, I know like sometimes it can be tempting to really get into, all, if that's your interest, call the science and all of that, of, 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 of that. For me, I don't, even, I don't even bother anymore because it's just such a pointless debate because it's just ridiculous. It is actually ridiculous, isn't it? That, that it just, just all you have to do is look at an ingredient list. You don't have to go into all the mechanisms of everything else, just the ingredients. The ingredients alone, that is not sensible, putting that in your body. Uh, and that's it, really. That's kind of case closed, let alone, you know, let alone the, the lack of faith it shows when you inject yourself with things. So, but the world says that these things are sensible, don't they? And that we evolve for monkeys. That we evolve for monkeys. Absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely ridiculous. Yet, that this is what the princes of this world, the, the people who are in awe of these people, the leaders, intellectual leaders, believe this junk. Everything I listed there, pretty much, I mean, to be elevated by the world, you kind of have to pretty much believe in all of that, don't you? You're not really going to get any, any whether column inches or, or media time or anything else. Um, verse 7, verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Okay, so the wisdom of God in a mystery. Now... As well as other complete Christians, that's what it's talking about here, complete Christians, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Now, this is the gospel. Um, if you turn to Romans 16, turn to Romans 16. Well, I read Ephesians 6.19. And Ephesians 6.19 says, And for me the utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. The mystery of the gospel. And it's often called a mystery. And it is quite, when you think about it, it is quite a mystery, isn't it? And, and, and it has been, and we'll see why in a second, because Romans 16, 25 to 26, Romans 16, verse 25, 26 says, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. 
but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Okay, so they could still find God if they sought him. And we see that with examples in scripture, Ruth, Queen of Sheba and many, many others. But it's now made manifest. So that's sort of plain, open, clearly visible. By the scriptures of the prophets... And that's talking really Old Testament now, I believe. Um, it was always there. And salvation, we know, was always by faith. So it's now, though, now being from this time, that it's going out to the rest of the world. It's sent out to all nations. So it was a mystery, but it was there if you wanted to look for it. But now it, it's actually actively going out. And people are going out across the world, rather than people having to come to, to what was the nation of Israel and then Judah to hear the gospel, yeah? Um, okay, verse 8 there, verse 8, back to 1 Corinthians, verse 8. <coughs> Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Okay, so the leaders of the Jews, of, the Ro of Rome, you know, obviously Pilate was acting under the leadership, under the prince of this world. Um, he was representing the Romans, and they didn't know it, did they? They didn't know the mystery of the gospel, they wouldn't have killed Jesus. Oh, it depends how you look at it. Maybe they, they wouldn't, maybe really as princes of this world, or really, really as we know the God of this world is, the devil, maybe they definitely would have done it for that reason, rather than the fact that they're thinking, oh no, we don't want to kill, kill God in the flesh. I don't know. Um, but it says here that had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Okay, verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Right, now this is from Isaiah 64. Isaiah 64 and verse 4. So if you go back to Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 4. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither have the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he had prepared for him that waiteth for him. You can see that's a little bit different wording here, but it's meaning the same thing. So what it's saying here, so perceived by the ear or entered into the heart of man means understood, doesn't it? It's, it's, so it hasn't been here. It says here, I have not seen or heard, neither have entered into the heart of man or perceived by the ear. So it hasn't been understood. And it says here, him that waiteth for him. But there it says for them that love him. So what God has prepared for him that waits for him and them that love him. And they're the saved, aren't they? The saved are waiting for God and them that love him are the saved. So these things are prepared for the saved. Why, why have they not understood? Why is the eye not seen, the ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man as we saw in verse nine there, or how it was worded in Isaiah 64, perceived by the ear. Okay, why have they not understood? Back to 1 Corinthians, verse 10. We're just going to do a few verses here. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Okay, so verse 10 there it said, But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. So the Holy Spirit, 
was given to us the moment we believed. Okay, the second we believed, we were sealed with the Holy Spirit. I think everyone here gets that. Um, okay, it wasn't obviously of some prayer for it. It wasn't that someone had to lay their hands to give us the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. We were indwelt by the Holy Spirit the second we believed. If you turn to Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians 1 and verse 13. says here in talking about Jesus Christ in whom ye also trusted after the, after that ye heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation in, in whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with that holy spirit of promise okay so number 1 there we heard the truth didn't we number 1 was after that ye heard the word of truth number 2 the gospel of your salvation so the word of truth the gospel of your salvation in whom also after that ye believed so number 2 we believed yeah, we got saved. Number three, so after that, in whom after that you believed, you were sealed with the, that Holy Spirit of promise. Then we were indwelt with the Holy Spirit. Um, so we are sealed. It's a sealed deal. And, and amongst many, many other places, it's just more evidence of eternal security, which, as we all know here, is, is, what, is what the truth is, isn't it? Um, okay, so the Holy Spirit indwells us now. Now, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says what know ye not that your body is a temple of the holy ghost which is in you which ye have of god and ye are not your own so we we i think we understand that we have the holy spirit or holy ghost inside us and as well as making us alive again what else does the holy spirit do and there are a lot of misconceptions aren't there with the holy spirit and there's a lot of bad teaching out there and obviously you know if you're thinking about the charismatics or i've heard them called charismaniacs i quite like that or the charismaniacs teach and Wow, some of that stuff. And I don't know if you've had any exposure to that behind the videos, but these people like rolling around on the floor, barking like dogs. Um, they, do some, they do some real crazy stuff. And, and what, what they have going around this country, I was speaking to someone last night actually, who'd, who'd done, an alpha, done about three alpha courses, and it's different where they do them. But this comes originally from this guy called um, uh, Nicky Gumble. And he, he, at the end of it, he tries to encourage something he took from this, I think it was this, uh, it wasn't his Holy Trinity in Brompton. I think it was a church out in Toronto. They call it the Toronto Blessing. And they try and then get them to let them lay their hands on them to give them the Holy Spirit and especially the gift of tongues, isn't it? They love that gift of tongues, don't they? Um, which they think is evidence of salvation, speaking mumbo-jumbo and everything else. And, and this stuff is... It's, it's amazing how, how big that stuff has got. And obviously they're taking scriptures out of notice, uh, out of... Sorry, out, out of... Um, context thank you and uh, and they you know they you know sign gifts and things and, and everything else but but it's satanic isn't it and and what a surprise that all these charismaniacs that i've ever spoken to are unsaved everyone believes in repent of your sins or something else like that they're all unsaved and what a surprise they all have some weird so-called spirit dwelling i think half of them just get off on the whole feeling like they could better join in as well in the worldly music and everything else but it's crazy but now that's not that's not the holy spirit of the bible okay let's see what what the bible says what are things the holy spirit does okay um what does he really do okay first corinthians 12 there are gifts of the spirit aren't there now i'm not going to go fully into these because that's going to ruin my first corinthians 12 sermon um but ju just 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 to mention obviously there are gifts of the spirit verses 7 to 11 talk of some of these um and lest i should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the re revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh a messenger of uh, sorry i've gone to second Corinthians. Okay, well, was that? that's not gifts of the spirit thorn in the flesh for i would that all men were even as as i myself 
But every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner and another after that. I say therefore to the unmarried and widows, it is good for them if they abide even as I, but if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to... Whoa, where have I got? Sorry guys, I'm going mad here. First Corinthians 12. Okay, let's start again. Right, breathe. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. There we go. Manifestation of the Spirit. To every man, the prophet with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self same Spirit. Dividing to every man severally as he will. Okay, I got there in the end. Sorry about that. Okay, so um, gifts of healing, working of miracles, diverse, diverse kinds of tongues. So languages there, obviously, um, were sign gifts. Okay, they were sign gifts. They don't. That's not what we have anymore. Now there are other gifts. Like I said, we'll cover that fully, and I'll try and actually get to the right chapter when we do that properly. I'll start telling you the thorns in the flesh. And, uh, and everything else, the gifts of the Spirit. Okay, but what else? What else does the Spirit do? Fruits of the Spirit. We see in Galatians 5. Turn to Galatians 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections of lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Okay, so these fruits of the Spirit here, and we talk, we hear of this a lot. And some people try and confuse this to talk about the fruits of the Spirit. Um, and somehow that if you're not showing fruits of the Spirit, you're not saved. No, but the, the Spirit should produce fruits. But again, if you're, you need to be... You need to be living in the spirit, don't you, to do that? And how do we live in the spirit? How do we walk in the spirit um, to show fruits of the spirit? If you go to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5 and verse 18. says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so here in verse 19, speaking to yourselves as psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's a good way to be walking in the spirit. And obviously denying the flesh is a big part of that as well. And there's many, many places we could go. Um, but, uh, you know, really, honestly, it really does help. If in your life, you, you know, if you're having hard times, you're finding you're a little bit feeling like you're in the flesh a bit, you know, get some hymns going. Get, get, you know, speak to yourself in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs. Sing and make melody in your heart to the Lord. Um, and it really does help. Um, okay, now, when we're in the Spirit, so when we're walking in the Spirit, the Spirit can lead us. So if you look at Acts 8, and there are many, many examples of this in Scripture, and I'm not going to all of them because this sermon will take a long time, but Acts 8, um, and verse 29 we spoke about the story of Philip in Acts 8, 29 says, And the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to, to this chariot. Now, I'm not saying you're going to necessarily or 
you're going to hear the Spirit actually speak to you. But we do get guided by the Spirit. We, hear, we see Jesus guided by the Spirit into the wilderness at the beginning of his ministry. And we do get guided by the Spirit. We do get guided in life by the Spirit. Again, when we're walking in the Spirit, you're going to, you're going to be able to feel that guide, guiding of the Spirit. Some of you might have examples of this when you've kind of just felt the need to maybe just approach someone at a certain time you just feel like you're almost drawn there or whatever else end up getting them saved i've had that happen maybe when i'm getting out of van to go soul winning the other the other week in fact and just you know i didn't even have anything else out and just something just made me want to talk to this guy before i'd even started getting prepared and stuff and got him saved right next to the van he just happened to be cycling past and that does happen the spirit does guide us now we are conservative christians here so we're not, you know, we don't want to start going too far. Oh, well, the Spirit's guiding me to go and do a load of stuff, which clearly isn't biblical. But the Spirit does guide us, again, if, as long as it's within what the Word of God tells us to do. Um, okay, the Spirit can lead us. and But the Spirit can also stop you going places. Acts 16.9, uh, sorry, 16.7 says, After they were come to, to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And their spirit can, can again, can guide you away from situations. And you, you sometimes you heard of like terminology like you know the spirit's being vexed in you, or you're just feeling something triggering you not to do certain things, not to go certain places. And, and that that is biblical. The, the spirit will stop you going places as well. And again, you need to be walking in the spirit. Um, can guide our mouths. Mark thirteen. Mark chapter 13 and verse 11. But when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what ye shall speak. Neither do ye premeditate, but whatsoever shall be given you in that hour, speak ye, for it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. Of course, that's talking about in tribulation there. But um, regardless, the Spirit does guide us. So we'll, you'll, you'll probably find sometimes when you're giving the gospel, for example, that's just some scripture will come in your head, maybe you have somebody who's a bit awkward at a certain time and just something that you don't usually use will just come into your head or in conversation maybe when you're trying to counsel uh, another Christian or something else. And the Spirit does, does can help you put words into your map, but we're going to talk about how he does that in a minute. Um, and Romans 8, turn to Romans 8. Romans 8, 26. It can help our prayer life. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit basically praying for you and things that you should be praying for. That doesn't mean, oh, well, I don't need to pray, the Holy Spirit's going to cover it. But... The Holy Spirit does groan and, and pray for you and, and God knows what we need through the Holy Spirit. So um, he helps our prayer life. He comforts us. Turn to Acts 9.31. Acts 9.31. Well, I read John 14, verse 16. And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. So he's, he's called there the comforter. And in Acts 9 and verse 31, the Bible reads... Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. So we can receive comfort from the Holy Ghost. I think knowing that you have the Holy Ghost inside you, indwelling you, helping you understand scripture, helping you with all these other things will comfort you anyway. But there is a, a ministry of comfort there. Right. 
he. And by the way, you notice it here. I'm calling him a he here because he is a person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. He's not just a force or, or he is the Holy Spirit. He and he's referred to as he in the Bible a lot. Um, Acts 4.31, while you're in Acts, just back to Acts 4.31. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us boldness. Acts 4.31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. So when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll speak the word of God with boldness. And for people preaching and preaching the gospel, it's that Holy Spirit that helps you to be bold to do that. Because I bet a lot of you, if you look back to how you were, especially before you were saved, I bet you probably think, wow, you can never have seen yourself knocking on people's doors and just preaching the Bible to them boldly like a lot of us do here, let alone getting up behind a pulpit and, and everything else. And it's the Holy Spirit which does that, gives us a boldness. Um, okay, he reproves evil. Acts 13. Verse 9, Acts 13, 9. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. And when the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. Uh, sorry, being, sorry, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. Okay, um, so here, being filled with the Holy Ghost, he's reproving evil. And if you notice here in verse 10, a few insults there, aren't there? Oh, full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the, de of, of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness. That's a spirit-filled Christian telling someone who's a child of the devil what they are. And that comes from the Holy Ghost. That's not a fleshly thing which people try and accuse. Bible-believing, people who stand the word of God, preach the word of God and calling out sin and calling out sinners. That they're somehow in the flesh and they're so mean and it's so worldly. No, it's not according to, to it and many other places in the Bible. Okay, and, and it's the Holy Spirit which gives you the boldness to do that. It's a flesh which tells you, oh, well, it'd be a bit mean. Oh, oh well, I don't want to offend people or anything else. That's the flesh. This is the Spirit. This is Paul filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, okay, but one of the most important things I would say, or probably is the most important thing, the Holy Spirit does um, for us is he, he, he teaches us. And in, in our passage in 1 Corinthians 2, we see this. We see what he does. God reveals to us things which the world can't understand by the Spirit. Um, and we're going to see that in a second. The deep things of God, where are they? They're in his Bible. Okay. And in verse 11, we see, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? So this is 1 Corinthians 2.11. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. So here it's talking about the spirit of man is our inner man. And only, only ourselves really know ourselves fully, don't we? We really know, I think, ourselves best, barring, obviously, God, barring Jesus Christ. So the, the, what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him? This is the inner man knowing himself. Well, in the same way, the spirit of God knows God fully. So the spirit of God knows everything of God. 
which is why then with the spirit of God we're able to understand scripture and he teaches us if you turn to John 14 26 John chapter 14 and verse 26 but the comforter which is the Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you okay whatsoever I have said unto you so we need to know what Jesus has said unto us for the Holy Spirit to bring all things the words of God this is whatsoever I have said unto you to our remembrance so if we're not reading our Bibles, we're not, you know, we're not hearing the word of God, then how do we expect the spirit to bring to our remembrance that? And, he, and like I said, we, we, we probably all know examples when the Holy Spirit has put scripture into our mind when we suddenly thought, wow, maybe we're about to do something that we shouldn't be doing and, and something comes into your mind, scripture does. But it's whatsoever he has said unto us. And we, we, he's not gonna do that if you haven't read your Bible and you have to read it regularly as well. Um, and. You know, you can't stress this more because it's such a big thing that the Spirit does. When you're out and you're trying to preach gospel to people who claim to be Christian, they just don't get the Word of God at all. Um, it's the Holy Spirit that's translated us, but we need to feed the Word of God. We need to have that for Him to be able to bring it into remembrance. Ephesians 6.17 calls the Word of God the sword of the Spirit. You don't have to turn there. And if we're going to have a sword, a weapon, a weapon, we need to we need to know it. We need to understand it. We understand it through the Spirit. That's His sword. But how, how's that going to happen? If you're reading the Bible, you know, five minutes a day, if that, you're missing days. Oh well, I'm a bit too busy. How can anything be more important? We have such a gift, a blessing. We're indwelt by the Holy Spirit, and then it's well, a little bit of Bible. Okay. Great, you're going to hear some Bible when you're listening to your favourite preachers, but but it's the Word of God. That's what we should be. We should just be in the Word of God, the Word of God. Now, I spoke about this before. Don't get me wrong. The preachers, we listen to some great preaching, and you know, praise God that they go to a lot of Scripture because the old independent fundamental Baptist preaching, sadly, if you've heard some of it, a lot of it was kind of one like they call it a one verse springboard. So they they read a read a verse and then they preach for an hour with hardly quoting another verse. And, and there were some famous preachers that used to do that. And if they're in the word and they're in the word of God and they might preach the good godly stuff, it's not they're preaching you a load of heresy or, or all man's wisdom. It might be all based on biblical knowledge and biblical things, but, but even the way that we listen now, and there's a lot more scripture in what we listen to preached, even with that, there's still so much less of what you get if you actually sat there and read your Bibles. Now, I'm not saying stop, stop listening, to pre listen to preaching, but stuff, for example, we were talking about this earlier. When you're at work, a lot of guys at work might listen, might have a chance to have headphones on. Not everyone does, depending on what they're doing. Maybe ladies at home when they're doing certain jobs, chores, certain other things. Um, when, you're, when you're doing that, by all means, listen to preaching, it's great. But don't base everything on the preaching. You should be listening to audio Bible as well, I would say. Like if you, I, I, I said this years ago that I, I would try in a day, it has to be whatever I've listened to, there has to be more Bible than, than there is sermon for me. So for me, that's just a great rule of thumb because then I'm getting, I'm getting flooded by the word of God. And then like back to what we we're saying before, my faith is in the word of God and in what the Bible says and not what my favorite preacher say. And we can all be guilty of this where people, they want to know something, so they look for the sermon. And they look for the sermon on it and then sit there, well, well, he said this and he said that, well, this pastor said that. Okay, don't get me wrong, nothing wrong with, with, with having respect and listening to good men of God, but 
you should you should especially pretty much everyone here you know a good few years along in faith if not longer should really be able to go and try and look for it in the bible in the word of god okay and that's how we're going to grow as christians listen to good preaching for sure but it should be more more should be on the word of god and, and and again, like I say, it's the sword of the spirit, and the sword of the spirit is not that it's it, it, the sword of the spirit is the word of God, isn't it? And and the word of God isn't just in preaching. We should be reading, reading, listening to audio Bible if you get that chance as well. Just constantly flooding yourself with the word of God, and then the spirit is just it, it's going to constantly be bringing things to your remembrance. And I've had this many times, especially the more I'm in the Bible, the more I'm in the Word, then just you know when I'm talking to people, when I'm chatting to people, just verses are coming in my mind. It'd be a bit annoying for the unsaved when I used to work and try and like counsel people when I was coaching them and just constantly giving them scripture or verses because the spirits is. You know, and, and it's, sometimes it could be pearls to swine, but uh, you're not going to change it, are you? Because that's where the true wisdom is. Um, okay, turn to John 16. John chapter 16. So just over the page if you're in John there. John chapter 16 and verse 13. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak and he will show you things to come he shall glorify me for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you all things that the father hath of mine therefore said i that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you okay so verse 13 here whatsoever he shall hear okay whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak so again he has to hear it and i'm not i think here is you don't literally have to have an audio Bible or someone talking it to you. He's going to hear it with you reading it. But what's over here, and back to that original point, you have to be in your Bible. You have to be regularly reading your Bible. And for me, routine, routine is the one. If you try and go, oh, well, I'll try and fit in this at some point in the day, you're going to get to the end of the day. And, and for a lot of people, if, you, if you're busy, it's hard at night. You could be tired. You're it's, it's difficult sometimes to read. You've set a goal. I'm going to read this many chapters and your eyes are going in the middle of it. And, and, and that's not, you know, this is, this is the word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the gift he's given us in this and with the Holy Spirit to understand it. For me, that should be the first thing you do in the day. So for me, I, I would encourage everyone, set your alarm half hour earlier than you need to get up or more an hour whatever you could you know realistically fit in and read your bible read the word of god read it without commentaries without I, I personally i do my reading without notes and then i do study with notes but again that's not that's my own personal thing but just just read it read your bible read it on your own now that can be hard for some with families and other things but make that effort to have that time set aside when you read the word of god and um and then what like he says here whatsoever he shall hear whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you things to come so he's he will teach you the prophecies you don't have to go to and and don't get me wrong that's a great seminar uh, sermon series on prophecy we've all learned a lot from that but the holy spirit can teach you everything can teach and will teach you everything that you're learning from from good preachers now good preaching's good and good preaching focuses on certain things sometimes they've put the study in haven't they to things that maybe you don't have the time to put the study into i mean writing a sermon takes a long time you're studying things and looking at things and looking at different scriptures that apply and that's great to listen to that but the holy spirit can teach you all of that and will teach you all of that put them to the test and you know what when you're studying and i've noticed this a lot more recently obviously when you're studying things sometimes you're sitting at a verse and looking at it and, 
and just the Holy Spirit just just starts to show you what something means. It gives you, shows you, just you know, expands it a little bit, or just shows you bits. It gives you an idea of a scripture to go to, which will help you understand that more. It is amazing if you give it that try, and that's not just from skim reading. That's from sitting there and, and sit on script, scriptures you don't understand. Look, don't just don't just straight away just go right sermon. Got to find a sermon. Where's Pastor Anderson telling me what this means? Like, don't you don't have to do that. Sit, take your time. Pray, ask God to help you, ask the Spirit to help you, and He will do that. But still, listen to the good sermons as well, because that's a great preacher out there. Um, okay, verse fourteen here in, in in still in John, John John sixteen fourteen. He says, "He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you." So he glorifies Jesus because he shall receive of mine. I think that's Jesus's words. So he will receive of mine, and he shall show it unto you. So he's receiving Jesus's words, and that's glorifying Jesus, really, isn't it? he's receiving his words showing them to you and that's glorifying jesus verse 15 all things that the father hath are mine therefore said i that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you so all the things of the father the words are jesus words aren't they because he's given all things to the son and vice versa we know that it's that they're you know all three are god so father son holy spirit and all things are of jesus as well it's not just god the father's words and it's only the ones that he's written it's only like the red letter edition bible they're not only jesus's words the whole bible is jesus's words and he'll show them to us so the holy spirit will teach us as long as we spend the time reading and hearing the words of god yeah um okay verse 12 now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit which is of god that we might know the things that are freely given to us of god so these words are freely given to us. We're freely given. You, what have you paid for your Bibles? You didn't even probably have to. You, you could have got well, you could have got one free from our room in there if you want a little paperback one. But um, they're freely given to us. Like what an amazing gift! And the more you read it, the more it's just. And you know what? It does doesn't it half increase your faith as well? Because when you're reading through the Bible and studying things, it's just it is absolutely amazing, isn't it? It's mind blowing. This book. Um, and we'd be freely given it so and the holy spirit to, to even help us understand it so let's learn them so verse 13 which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth but which the holy ghost teacheth comparing spiritual things with spiritual so we speak these words yeah don't we of the, of the bible man's wisdom just always gets it wrong doesn't it so all these so-called clever people i had a guy today uh, on the door uh Wow, this guy. So we knocked on the door, and he was. He said, um, "He said yes. Well, actually, I'm. Uh, was it a Japanese Taoist or something? Yeah, Shinto. Shinto or something. Yeah. But he's like, I've. Uh, I said, Oh, well, would you like to know what the Bible says? <laughs> I know what the Bible says. I've studied the Bible. I did have many years of a theological degree, and I've studied this. I've studied all religions, and so the, the words start getting longer, and he's all puffed up, and you know, his chin's up in the air, and. And, and it was just ridiculous because when I just said, well, okay, so do you know what the Bible, how the Bible says, just ask him, you know, I didn't try to be antagonistic. Just, oh, okay, so how do you think, the, what do you think the Bible says about how you can be saved? And he was like, well, it depends, uh, depends on the, and he just starts trying to go off on these tangents. You just go, oh, come on, man, just give a straight answer. So I said to him, I said something else to him, and he, he then went, oh, does it? And he tried to be all clever again, and then we just went, anyway, you know, gave him a verse and left him but anyway point being point being this guy had read he, he was sure he had studied out the bible you hear this a lot don't you people say they've read it out i did have a bit of a laugh with someone a while back which maybe i shouldn't um, but he, he said 
he said to me, he did that voice, it was um, in Dartford a few couple of months ago, he said, I've, he said, I've read all the Bible many times. Oh, okay, what's your favourite book? He said, I know. He said, I like all them. I said, I said, oh, what about the book of Abraham? He said, yeah, I've read all the books. Yeah. And I was just like, there is no book of Abraham. He was kind of quite a jovial guy. So I, I thought this isn't going to turn up in a fight. I said, there is, I said, I smell a rat. There is no book of Abraham. And he's gone... Anyway, so <laughs> these people, they're such liars, aren't they? But, but even so, there are people that have read the Bible and, and they have studied it and these scholars and, and, um, and, and they, they don't have a clue, do they? And they, they don't get it at all. Um, and it's not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth. And, and man's wisdom ends up with rationalising God's words, doesn't it? And we saw that, I think they call it German rationalism. That was quite a big movement, wasn't it, a couple of hundred years ago. Uh, they, they really try to rationalise God's words and... and then it creates these bizarre doctrines, how man would understand it, and things like Calvinism. And the reason I talk about that a lot, because it's massive, isn't it, in this country? And it's really big. And even the few churches you find, Baptist churches, which claim not to be Calvinist, they are massively infected by it, aren't they? I think uh, Sarah was saying this recently as well. They're, they're just kind of, they haven't really ever come away from the Reformation. And, and, and obviously Calvinism was, was big with that as well. And, it's massive and they come up with this stuff don't they because it's unsaved people trying to make sense of god's words and they just come up with all this stuff that as a saved man it goes, how do you how do you come up with this how do you get there but they do and like liberal christianity like the liberalism like again it's it's man's wisdom isn't it it's the words which man's wisdom teacheth um it comes up with then all this liberalism where they just start picking and choosing bits of the bible and taking out other bits and deciding oh well that must have meant that and this and and false bibles again that's man's wisdom where the false bibles are using their so-called dynamic equivalent so they've just decided what the bible should have meant well she should have said this you know so we'll just we'll just translate it like that it's just nuts but um but when we study we should be comparing scripture with scripture shouldn't we um and, and we see this in verse in, in sorry in verse 13 where it's saying comparing spiritual things with spiritual and again even like so even when you're studying there, there is a temptation a lot of the time to just jump to the dictionary of words and, and that can really mislead you on things as well because again the dictionary is written by men and, and yeah Sean there's nothing wrong with looking at that but really our first thing should be going to see where it's used in the bible and seeing where those words are used and i'll give dictionary def definitions but i want to make sure that's how it's being used in the bible and that's what we should be doing because there is a temptation isn't there just i don't know that word dictionary 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 and then you that's that's man's wisdom isn't it and it's funny that inbuilt dictionary in the bible a lot of the time with first uses of words you'll then see an equivalent word used straight away afterwards to show us what what the bible means by that word um and we should be studying, comparing scripture with scripture to get to the bottom of scripture. Like I said, instead of going to the sermon, try and find where similar things are used, similar terminology, compare it with other parts of the Bible. And the more you read it, the more you'll start to understand where to go and start to start to have an idea. And the spirit will start to give you an inkling. You'll start to get verses. And for me, we were talking about this, I think I was talking to Brother John about this, is if you can just get part of that verse, Praise God nowadays that we have, you know, things like the Bible search things that you'll get on apps and other things to be able to then find the rest of that verse. Because without that, that's got to be, that's got to be tough. And, um, and it means that, yeah, that, that, that you do, 
you can find a lot of verses without knowing the full verse and knowing exactly where it is and, and where it is referenced. But you should be comparing with the Bible. You should be comparing scripture with scripture. And that's how we get to get a better understanding. And you know what I've noticed as well? People who get their teaching solely off people, solely off sermons, they have very little Bible reading to back it up. A lot of the time they, they really find it hard to really explain a doctrine or to know where verses are because really they, they've only learnt it from someone. They haven't really learnt it themselves. And we should be like, it would be a good thing in your, like, as well as your Bible reading time, however often you can do it, go home and, and think, right, I want to really understand this doctrine. You know kind of what the doctrine is. Go and look and look for the verse and do your own study because it gives you such, it will give you so much more confidence in that doctrine and teach it rather than when it's like, oh, well, my favourite preacher says that this is the case, so that's good enough for me. Um, Okay, verse 14, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So this is why lifelong Bible scholars, lifelong Bible scholars, you see, if you've ever seen this stuff online, where they'll have like, um, they have all, all the scholars of the day say about a certain passage. Oh, it's hilarious, some of it, absolutely hilarious. These guys, this is like their full-time job. Yeah, they're the scribes, aren't they, of our day. And, and they can't even understand John 3.16 or well, Ephesians 2.8 and 9 and still, still think it works. It's just amazing. But again, it's because a natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness unto him. So they, they'll almost mock that, won't they? <laughs> oh, yeah, they are. You know, you know the, the once saved, always saved type. Like we're just like these fools, you know, these idiots that, that just happen to believe what the Bible says. You know, and they do. It's foolishness to, to them, isn't it? And, and it's not just the gospel either. So much of it, so much of the Bible, the natural man doesn't understand. They sound clever. Oh, and they got a knowledge, haven't they? But they just don't get it. Um, and, and that's why, obviously, when we're out giving the gospel... It, that's why, like I said earlier, it's really important that we explain what those verses mean. And we can all do it, just gloss over, start reading off the verses, because in your mind, you understand it, you, thought you must understand it. And you've really got to slow down, explain, explain those verses to people, because a natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Yeah, they're foolishness unto him. And that's why people, they, they, some people will just go, no, no. I had a guy uh, recently, I, I gave him the full, full, um, uh, he went through the full plan of salvation in Tagalog, which is the language of the Philippines. Okay, it wasn't me. <laughs> I should just leave it there, and we'll just we we'll jockey cut this bit where I explain what it really is. Yeah, yeah. So I just gave the gospel in Tagalog. Uh, no, so I, I played it on an app. Yeah, and um, he, he, his English was was pretty bad. So I thought, okay, look, this is going to be hard work. And I got out the Bible, uh, the faithful word app, played him the full gospel in Tagalog, and and. And he's going through the whole, and it's a, I mean, it's quite, on that app, that one's pretty long. It's the best part, I think it was the best part of 20 minutes. It felt more like half an hour, because when you don't understand literally hardly a word of it, and you're just kind of listening, thinking, I wonder where we are, you're just kind of standing there silently with, uh, I think I was with Ella, wasn't I, with my daughter, and, um, and I'm just holding this phone, and it was cold, it was last week, I'm just holding this phone, holding this phone, and the guy's listening to the whole thing, I'm just praying away, praying away in my head. Got to the end of it, and I've gone, okay, I'm thinking, pray time, yeah. And he's just gone, oh, 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 pray, pray, forgive, not. Yeah. Like for him, foolishness. That's what he thought. It's like foolishness. You know? And now that had been explained as well, but it was still foolishness. And we get that, don't we? Give the gospel to people and no, no, child, no, what? You can't, don't have to do anything. Don't be ridiculous. And for the, for the natural man, it is foolishness unto him. Um, okay, 
why that's why isn't it why someone can't just read the bible and get saved and and also why unsaved lifelong so-called christians just don't have a clue do they and why they don't and why they they so angry at us aren't they they're so angry at us for standing on the word of god they're so angry at us for for what we that we believe what the bible says about so many things and they and they get angry don't they they get angry that that we believe that you that you can yes go out show someone the gospel and they get saved on the spot and and these these so-called christians it's why there are christians like for example with brother ben where they literally are walking into the house of their neighbor to rebuke a, a soul hit christian for giving them the gospel having just said they're an elder of a church i mean it's just amazing isn't it and we've all got stories like that of so sometimes the most the most animosity we come across are people that claim to be christians uh, and it's wicked isn't it and, and they're not they're not they're not according to to the word of god obviously you know if they if uh, obviously it comes down to what they believe and, and nine times out of ten probably 99 out of 100 they don't believe in grace through faith do they um okay verse 15 but he that is spiritual judgeth all things yet he himself is judged of no man okay so with here when it's talking about judgeth here it's talking about discerning okay so with the holy spirit we have the ability to discern all scripture but he that is spiritual basically discerns all things and that's the word of god the things being the word of god yet he himself is judged of no man and that's talking about we are not understood by men okay so so we we discern the the, the bible we discern the scripture yet people just don't get us do they they don't get us they 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 look at us and they just think what on earth like, and the more we grow as Christians, the more they just don't understand us and they don't understand, you know, any of what we do. And if you talk to unsaved family and friends and, and, and it's just a bit confusing for them, isn't it? Um, but but that, that's the life of a Christian, isn't it? So get used to it, guys. But, <laughs> but especially a Bible believing Baptist who's going out and giving the gospel and standing on the word of God and, and believing what this Bible says about everything. They just don't get you. They don't understand you. Um, but hey, who cares? At least we know each other. We understand each other, don't we? Okay, Ver verse 16. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Okay, they can't understand the mind of the Lord because it's spiritually discerned. So they don't get it. They don't get any of it. Okay, but don't let that annoy you. Don't let that upset you. But don't go into the worldly wisdom to try and explain it to him. It goes back to the word of God and, and give him the chance. And that's why, you know, relationships do get strained, don't they, with time, with, with unsafe family, unsafe friends. But try and keep them going where you can and still, still try and give them the gospel. But, um, yeah, we, you know, it's, it's the Holy Spirit. It's in the Holy Spirit that we, we have that mind, don't we? We have that mind of the Lord. If you turn to Romans 11... Romans 11 and verse 33 I love this little passage of scripture and it it kind of goes from this oh the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God how unsearchable were his judgments and his ways past finding out for who hath known the mind of the Lord or who hath been his counsellor? Or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again? For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. Amen. Praise God that we have the Holy Spirit to show us, to show us that, and show us, the, like it says here, the 
depth and the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. And we have the ability to discover that. So let's, let's, let's do that. Let's, let's use it. Use the Holy Spirit. Read the Word of God and come to a better understanding of our Lord and Saviour. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for, um, thank you for, your, for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, the, you know, the earnest of our expectation, the, the first fruit. And, and thank you that, that, that we, can, we, we, we can know all things in, in this Word of God through the Holy Spirit. Thank you for guiding us. Thank you for teaching us. Please continue to do so. Help us to want to learn more, to know more. To, to just have a love for the word um, and really a love for you um, help us to go forward this week now to have have a good week a week that, that's focused on you a week that, that's based around reading your word and living for you and help everyone with their journey time to be safe in Jesus name I pray amen, amen.